For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Praise the Lord. John chapter 15, verse number 6 is where we're going to start today. John chapter 15 and verse number 6. The Bible says, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. And we talked about this verse a little bit last week, and I just feel it's so important to go through this verse and, and dissect it with our spiritual knife and get the meaning out of it. Amen? And so if a man abide not in me, if you're not in Christ, not meaning you're not saved, not meaning you're not born again, but meaning that, that you're not reading his word, meaning that you've brought sin into your life, meaning that you've got away from the Lord, meaning you're not living for him. Amen? Is what? Is cast forth as a branch and is withered. So I believe that this person is a true believer because it is with true Christians that this whole section is concerned. The subject is not of salvation, but it's about fruit bearing, bringing forth the fruit. For what? For Christ. For God. Amen? But through carelessness and prayerlessness, this believer gets out of touch with the Lord. And can I just say, here in America, it is not hard. We are so busy. We've got our wrapped ourselves up with so busy. Right now at this present time, we have this COVID thing going on. And I can tell you one good thing that has come out of this is people have got close to their families. Why? Because they're staying home. They're not worried about running here and running there and doing this and doing that. No, they focused on their family. They've spent time with their family. They spent time at home. And so I do believe that that is one good, very good thing that has come out of this. Amen. What is important? God and family. All these other things will be burned up. They'll be gone. You're not taking one thing with you. Amen. So all this monetary things and homes and money and cars, it's not important. It's not important at all. When you start to see the things through the eyes of Scripture, you realize that this stuff means nothing. Oh, you may need a car to get to work. It's a tool. You may need money to live your life. It's a tool. It's something that you use. But see, when it turns around, it gets a hold of you. It owns you. Amen. Don't let it own you. Hey, give yourself to Christ. And you may be saved, and I'm talking to you. Give yourself to Christ. Stop chasing after those shiny lures the world throws out there. And as a result, some people commit sin and their testimony gets hurt. I believe that's what this verse is talking about. Through failure to abide in Christ, 
They're thrown out as a branch, not by Christ. No, sir, no, man. Once you're saved, you're sealed in the day of redemption. But by what? By other people. Other people. The branches are gathered and thrown to the fire, and they are burned. They burn their testimony. They, they burn them behind their back. They, they burn them up talking about them. Their ears was on fire burning. It's, it's not God who does it, but it's people. People are people, and people are full of problems. You just have to learn to love them despite their problems and look past their problems and their demeanor and their attitude and say, I love them because God loves them. Amen. And so I believe it's talking about that. Now, is it right for people to talk about other people? No, not unless you are seriously concerned and you are praying for them and you are wanting them to get right. Oh, how easy it is because I, I hate that saying that that's in the church today that we Christians shoot our wounded. Now, what do you think God thinks of that? I guarantee you he's not happy with it. No. As a matter of fact, the Bible says those that are spiritual should restore those. Now, you can't force them. But you can talk to them. You can love them. You can pray them. Don't gossip about them. Can I just tell you how I define gossip or gossipers? And we're all guilty of this at times. We are. Have you ever said something you thought about it later and you thought, man, I make myself sick. How could I even have a thought like that? How could I even say something like that? Well, the, the flesh side of you and the devil side of you, there's anything can be possible but listen when you're walking close with christ when you're viewing it through the eyes of scripture you are seeing it how god sees it amen and so this is very convicting to me but this is a, how i define gossip or gossiper it's when a person shares information about another person that may be true or may be false that makes those two gossipers feel superior to that person that they are talking about. Now you stop and think about that. What good is going to come out of that? Is God pleased with that type of behavior? No, sir, and no, ma'am. And so pray for those. Lift those up. But the, I believe that's what this verse is talking about here. And that's illustrated in the life of David. He was a true believer. But at one time he became careless toward the Lord. He became adulterer and a murderer. And some atheists love to bring that up, ridicule that. But he was a human being too. He loved God. He had a repentant heart. God said he was a man after his own heart. Why? Because he would repent. But did he make a mistake? Did he fall into sin? Yes. Now, it was a willful mistake. He chose to do that. It wasn't like he stumbled in a pothole that he didn't see. No, he, he chose to do that. But afterwards, I promise you, he looked back and said, man, that was the biggest mistake I ever made in my life. And he paid for it for the rest of his life. Did God forgive him? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, he sure did. But there was still earthly consequences. Will God forgive you? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. But there's still going to be some earthly consequences to those decisions that you make and that I make. Amen? And so I felt it was very important to go over that verse. Let's look at our next verse. John chapter 15, verse number 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Boy, that doesn't that sound good. Ask God, and he, it'll be done? Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want all their prayers answered? Who doesn't want God to do what you're asking him to do? To open up the windows of heaven and bless you in a mighty way. And to see others blessed and to see family members saved. And see people come to Christ and people get right with God. And relationship restored. And marriages restored. And churches restored. And people restored. Amen. Who doesn't want that? 
Ask and it shall be done unto you. But there's some key factors here that you must do. Listen to it again. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Abiding. Abiding is the secret of a successful prayer life. Staying close to God. And like we said before, abiding is simply staying where God has put you, where God has planted you. Stay right there. Don't move. Amen. So the closer we get to the Lord, the more we learn to think like him, act like him, pray like him, have his character flow through us. Amen. The more you get to know him through his word, through God's holy word, the more you will understand his will and his desires. You see, your desires will start to conform to his desires. Now, you're not going to change him. Don't look at the scripture and manipulate it and say, well, this, what my, this means because I want this and this. That. No, sir, no, ma'am. You've got to change your will to his will, to God's will. Can you think of any greater will to conform to? There are many times we have to conform. We have to conform at work to get a job done. We have to conform at certain places when we go and act a certain way at certain places. You conform. But can you think of somebody better to conform to than God's holy word and him himself? No, sir, no, ma'am. Many times our flesh tries to, to drive a wedge in between that. And that's why you've got to crucify the flesh. That's why Paul said, I die daily. So he worked at it every single day. He struggled with it. Now you think about that. The mighty great apostle Paul who penned a lot of the New Testament, God used him to do that. Had a problem with the flesh. If he didn't, he wouldn't have said that. I die daily. But you too and me must die daily so that we can abide in Christ and his words abide in us, that we can ask in prayer what we will and it shall be done unto you. You see, the more your will agrees with his, with God's, the more you can be sure of having your prayers answered. Why? Because it's what you want? No, because it's what God wants. See, God wants those relationships restored. He wants you to be forgiven. He wants those people to forgive you. He wants the churches to be restored. He wants marriages to be at their best. He wants you to be a godly father, a godly mother, a godly grandfather, aunt, uncle, cousin. Yes, he wants those things. And the more that you're in his word, the more that you conform to him, the more that you're going to pray like him, and the more that your prayers will be answered according to the Bible. And so I want my prayers to be answered. How about you? Because he gives you the formula here. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. There is no greater will than God's will. You see, the, the key to making a decision is knowing everything about it. And we as human beings can never know everything about what's going on. And in many times it's said in the church at businesses, well, I wouldn't have done that, I'd have done this. Well, I wouldn't have made that decision, I'd have made this decision. Well, maybe you don't know what they know. And listen, none of us know what God knows, and so trust his decisions. And the more you draw close to him, the more that you will, the more that your will will conform to his, the more that your thoughts will be like his thoughts. Why? Because his word abides in you. Amen? 
I want my answers prayer. How about you? We must abide in him. Verse number eight. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. How is God glorified? How is the father glorified that ye bear, that we, that me and you bear much fruit as the children of God exhibit the likeness of Christ to the world, the father, our heavenly father, he is glorified. Amen. People are forced to confess that he must be a great God when he can transform such a wicked sinner into a godly saint. Amen. When he can take a miserable person and turn him into a joyous person with his salvation. When he can take a, a person that's so deep in sin, even the world itself go, wow, and he conforms them to the image of Christ. Hey, they're forced to say he must be a great God, and he is. Amen. We are to be that example to the world. And so you will be my disciples at the end there. This means that we prove, we have proven to be disciples when we abide in him. Others can then say we are true disciples, that we resemble the Lord. Now, is that easy? No, sir, and no, ma'am. It is not. You must crucify the flesh. You must throw your pride out the window. You must throw it's all about me about the window. You must throw your status out the window and say it's all about Christ. Amen. It's all about he wants what he wants. I want my father to be glorified. And if it causes me to be humiliated or hurt or walked on, and then amen, I want my father to be glorified. Remember what we said in the last session? When we pray, pray that God's power and God's will lives through you. And how, how are you going to do that? By abiding in the vine, by staying where you're at, by staying close to Christ, by staying in his word. And I love that. So shall ye be my disciples. Well, how did, he, how did he say the world would know we are his disciples? By the love we have for one another. When you love church, when you love good preaching, when you love godly people, when you love the cleanliness of the church, and I'm not talking about the, the, the floor being clean and no dust, no sir, no ma'am. I'm talking about the spiritual cleanliness. When they don't have a lot of junk, when they're there to glorify the Lord God Almighty, and it's about him, and it's not about them. Amen. Hey, he says, then you'll know you're my disciples and you got love one for another. And the world will see that. Hey, they may not even like each other, but they love each other. Why? Because of the Lord, because of the work of the Lord, because they want to see people get saved and born again and get right and do right and act right. Amen. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. Can I ask you, what fruit are you bearing? What, what do people see when they pick something off of your fruit tree? Is it rotten? Does it stink? Because let me say this, an attitude, the attitude is the aroma of the heart. If somebody has a seriously bad attitude, it's just the aroma coming off their heart. It'll get worse as you get deeper. Amen. It most certainly does. But when somebody has a joyful disposition, I don't mean they're smiling from ear to ear all the time, but I mean the majority of the time, they're doing the best that they can. And they're encouraging. It, 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 that is good fruit, amen? Love, joy, peace, happiness, amen? And that the Father is glorified that ye bear 
much fruit. So I ask you, what kind of fruit are you bearing? What kind of fruit are you bearing for your children, for your family, for your grandchildren? What kind of legacy are you leaving for them? Are you worried about leaving them land and money and power and position? Are you worried about leaving them a godly heritage? Hey, my grandma, my grandpa, they love God to the very end and they trusted in him. Amen. Because there is nothing. Listen to me. There is nothing more powerful that you can leave them. You see, because all these works are going to be tried. And the Bible says that those that weren't done for God will be burned up. They'll be wood, hay, and stubble. But the, those as you did for the Lord are as gold and silver. You can't burn up gold and silver. You might burn all the impurities off of it, but you're not going to burn it up. It's going to last. And that's what it's talking about. It's going to make it through the fire. You see, God gave me this one day when I was thinking about this and reading a verse. But a godly heritage leaves riches untold. When it's tried with fire, it shall come forth as gold. There's nothing more powerful or better that you could leave your family than a godly heritage. Amen? Verse number nine. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Let me just ask you something. How much does the Father love Jesus? Because it just he says just like that, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. How much does he love you? He loves you a lot. Amen. He loves you enough to die for you. The love which the Savior has for us is the same as the love of the Father of the Son. And that is extremely powerful. Our hearts are made to bow and worship when we read, when we read such words and such power. Such power in love. Amen. It's the same in quality and degree. It is a vast, wide, deep, unmeasurable love that passes all our knowledge. We can never fully comprehend it. It's deeper than your thoughts can go. It's wider than your thoughts can go. We can never fully understand it. Amen. Now, maybe once we get to heaven, God can fully explain it to us. But right now, in this mortal body, with this finite mind, we cannot wrap our minds around the real love of God. Because everything in our world is conditions. It's conditioned on what you do for me, how you act to me, how you treat me, how this. No, but God says he loves you with agape love. That is a love that you cannot earn, you cannot buy. It is just pure love flowing out to you. Amen. And I love that. I love that God loves me, even though he's seen all my faults. He knows all my problems and all my falls and all my sin. Yet he still loves me. Abide in my love, said our Lord. This means we should continue to realize his love and to enjoy it in our lives. You see, if you're honest with yourself, there's many a things you haven't even told your spouse. There's thoughts you have you hadn't even told your spouse. Because why? You don't want them to know. You don't want them to judge you. But God knows it, yet he still loves you. Amen. Thank God for that. That is so powerful that somebody could know all your flaws, all your shortcomings, and yet fully and totally love you for you because I love you. Amen. That is a powerful love. Thank God for that. Verse number 10. If now let's just stop and look at that little word, if. Two letters, I, F. Yet it is such a powerful and profound word. If it affects your life, 
and your walk with God and how close you are with God and where you're at with your walk in God and your spiritual growth and with your family and in your church. That one little word with two letters, I and F, if you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You see, there's no if for God, for Jesus. He's going to keep it. But the if is on us. It's on you and it's on me. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. What do he say you're supposed to do if you love him? Keep my commandments. The first part of verse 10 tells us how we can abide in his love. And it's by keeping his commandments. By keeping sin out of your life. Amen. So there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Don't you love those little children's songs? Those little Sunday school songs? But to trust and obey, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. There is so much truth in that. The second half of the verse sets before us our perfect example. The Lord Jesus kept his Father's commandments as we are to keep God's commandments. Everything he did was in obedience to the will of God. He reminded and he remained in the constant enjoyment of the Father's love. Where are you remaining? Where are you abiding? Are you in the love of God? Are you obeying his commandments? Are, are you living for others and not for self? Are you living for Jesus and not for self? You see, nothing ever came into more that sweet sense of loving fellowship that Jesus had. He never sinned. But see, it's even deeper than that. He never sinned because he wasn't a sinner. It was not in him. He was born of the Holy Spirit, of the Virgin Mary. And thank God for Mary. But even Mary herself needed a Savior. Amen. And that was her son, Jesus Christ. Why? Because he came from God. He didn't come from her. Amen. He was God in the flesh. And you see, if you keep my commandments, when you get saved, the peace of the Holy Spirit moves in. And see, when you sin, you're putting God through that sin. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. It is within you, and you are quenching the Spirit. Put it, let me put it this way. You are quenching the power of God upon your life. It's what it's doing. You say, but I want to be a good witness. I want to be a good grandmother. I want to be a good grandfather. I want to be a good aunt. I want to be a good uncle. Hey, then keep God's commandments. Abide in Him, because when you sin, you are limiting, you are quenching the Spirit and limiting the power of God upon your life. Now, you're not limiting God's power, but you're limiting what God can do through you. You see the difference? God wants to use you as a vessel, as a tool. Why? To do His work. Is there any greater work to do on this earth than the work of God? No, sir, and no, ma'am. There's many mighty things that, that man tries to do. They come up with cures and vaccines and all these amazing, and those are amazing things, and they're great. But no one will ever come up with the cure for death except the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, Old death, where is thy sting? Death does not have victory over you. You see, once you're saved and born again, death is nothing more than a door that leads into heaven. Amen? So I ask you, where have you put your faith and trust? Is it in yourself? Is it in your good works? It is in your money? 
where have you put your faith and trust? Because if you have put it anywhere other than the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that you are lost. But by simply realizing that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, you repent of your sins, ask God for forgiveness for them, and ask Him, hey Lord, come into my heart and save me. Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.